A poem borrowed from Ann Johnson Flint. God did not promise skies always blue, flowers strewn pathways all over our lives through. God did not promise sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. God did not promise a life without toil and temptation, trouble and woe. God did not tell us we would not bear many a burden, many a care. God did not promise smooth roads and wide, swift, easy travel, needing no guide. Never a mountain rocky and steep, never a river turbid and deep. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love, joy in the simple. Our reading today is from chapter, nope, from Luke chapter 5. <laughs> One day, while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then, some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this who is speaking of blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been laying on, and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. Here ends the reading. Good morning. About three weeks ago, I got an email from Pastor Scott asking me to preach today since I was going to be in town recruiting for our camp. And my first reaction was, yikes, (laughs) preaching at chapel. And my second reaction was, he does not know that when I went to seminary, I didn't get an MDiv so that I could avoid this kind of thing, (laughs) but here I am. But but anyway, thank you. It is an honor. (laughs) It is an honor to be able to speak in a place that has meant, and a community that has meant so much to me and to my family, so thank you. Today's lesson that Allie read so well, um, it probably started out as a normal day for this paralyzed man. And we don't know what that looked like. Perhaps someone helped him get up and helped get him cleaned up and ready for his day. Maybe that was sometime when he was taken out to where he was a beggar for the day. We don't know. Um, Perhaps they took him to that spot. Perhaps his friends came and got him at his home. But that day did not turn out to be like any other day for him. We don't know whose idea it was for him to be taken to see Jesus. Perhaps his friends had been discussing it. They heard this guy Jesus was in town, and they decided, hey, he can help. Maybe one of them had the idea and was the real motivator and said, hey, I have an idea. Let's take Joe. I don't know his name. We'll take him to see him. Or perhaps he asked them, 
Perhaps he was that desperate and wanted that help. But someone had the idea, and someone saw the need, and that day became like any other in his life. So the friends carry their friend to the house where Jesus is. It's on a bed. That's hard work in itself. And then they get there, and it's crowded. So naturally, we don't know how far it is, but they get there. There's a huge crowd, and so then they decide to go up on the roof and lower him through which I have to admit would not have been my first idea when you get somewhere. And let's dig through the roof to let this bed down. But they decide to do that because they decide that this crowd is not going to let that, them not get their friend there. They will not get in their way. So who came up with this idea? Was it one of the friends? Did the paralyzed man lay there and say, you know, I think you could go up there their stairs, you go up there, or did they suddenly just, were they seized by the Holy Spirit, and they all just moved as one and began? We don't know, but we know what happened. But I have to admit, that would not have come to my mind, probably. Or if it did, I probably would have been concerned about causing damage to someone's house and not have done that. So, but the man's friends in this situation, they take that situation and completely change it on their friend's behalf. They remove a barrier, the barrier's there, and they do not let it get in their way. They responded to the situation. So they responded to that call to serve in spite of what was in their way. Now, in a college setting, we hear a lot about vocation and call, and I think sometimes that gets inflated in our minds. In a setting like this, when there's a religion department, and there are people with PhDs in religion, and there's campus pastors, and there's all these people talking about their calling, I think I might go to seminary. We tend to think that you have to be a pastor or someone like that to have a call. But that's not true. Pastors don't have a corner on the market for being called or responding to that call. In December, I ten- attended the memorial service for a man from our congregation Um, Norm was about in his early 80s and had been a physician. Early in his career, he served as a medical missionary through, I'm not sure what predecessor church body, in Africa for five years and went again for another five-year stint later. He continued to return to Africa throughout his career and then in retirement served several homeless clinics as a doctor. Um, I had only known him in his retirement, but even then it was clear that this was his call And his brother, who's a pastor who spoke at the sermon, talked about how his children, Norm seemed the one that was called to ministry. And clearly this was his way of serving, not just others, but God, through his actions as a doctor. Now some people call this amazing. He gave up numerous years of his life, and sometimes at great cost to himself. His ending of his life actually was caused by his system had been weakened at some point during the infection that he had caused, had gotten in Africa. So this clearly was something that had impacted his life. But we are all called, not all to serve like Norm. And we can't just use those examples either. We are all called to serve, and sometimes that's in small, everyday ways. But what are the ways that, we're getting, that we are called, and what gets in those ways, in the way of those things? Um, A few months ago, I was in the car listening to NPR, and there was a sociologist who mentioned that she was doing research that people who hear things on the radio, some kind of media on TV, and they hear about someone who they find a wallet with $5,000, and they return it. 
or someone who gives up their life savings for a small child in need or something. Those kind of stories, she has theorized, actually get in the way of other people serving or other people doing such things with their life because they assume that they can never be like that. So then their confidence is taken away. I think that's one barrier to our call sometimes. We assume that because we are not called to be a pastor or to get a PhD and teach at a religious institution that we are not called. We put those barriers in front of ourselves. Sometimes there are other barriers. I would say sometimes technology can be a barrier. I have two teenagers at home and technology definitely gets in the way of relationships at times. There are times when I'm taking a bunch of girls to soccer and I look in the review mirror and they are all on their phones, not relating to one another, or they, maybe they are texting one another. I don't know. That's possible. But they are clearly not engaged in what is going on around them. And that, I think, gets in the way of how we can serve others or that call. If we are sitting in a room on a phone or on a computer, we're not seeing those needs around us, I think. But that could be my little soapbox. Um, Sometimes we think that age gets in the way of what our call is. The past few years at Mount Cross, we have had a day camp at a retirement home that's called Sunnyview in Cupertino. And um, it has been amazing to me how to see those people that are 80, 90, 100 years old still living out their call. They may not be as mobile. They may be somewhat confined to that space, but it is clearly a call for them to serve others, and it has become clear there is one pair of women that one could not see very well. The other could not move around very well because of her walker, but they have developed a relationship that serves the other so well that allows them to be a lot more active than they, purpose, than they would have ordinarily been. And sometimes that call is awkward and messy. It had to be a big mess, getting rid of that barrier so that their friend could get down into that roof to see, through that roof to see Jesus. I'm picturing the people with dirt falling down on them. It was a messy business, but they didn't let that discourage them. But back to that house, that barrier, it was a barrier not just for them in serving, but for that man. He was being kept out from what other people were experiencing because of how he was. And like his friends, we are called to take down those barriers for others so they can fully participate. I work for a camp, and this is one of my favorite things about camp, is that it is a place where everyone belongs and everyone is loved, even and sometimes in spite of their behavior. We all have campers that are not our favorite campers. And those are the ones that the stories get told time and time again. But they are still loved, and it is a place for everyone. When that happens, I think we get a glimpse of what the kingdom of God might be like someday. So here's my plug for camps. I have to do that. Um, Support camps in any way that you can. Consider encouraging young people or encouraging your friends or working at camp yourself. We can really provide that place of belonging without barriers in a a way that is unique and other settings do not always provide. And that's not just for kids, for people of all ages. There are other versions of this story in the gospel, but I picked this one because of that last verse. Verse 28, or 26, sorry, which our staff is laughing because I told them this the other night. The The ending of the last verse is, we have seen strange things today. 
when we remove barriers, either for ourselves or for others, that's strange to the world. And we end up with things that sometimes isn't very popular for the world. But if that happens, what strange things will people see? Amen.
is the air I breathe. We come to you today, God, offering ourselves and our hearts in prayer. Hear us and know us intimately as we talk with you each day. Teach us, O Lord, to see your people through your eyes. May we remember our purposes to love as you have loved and to fervently serve those in need. Spread your blessings through our hands. Teach us, O Lord. We praise you, Lord, for the talents and gifts you have created in each of us. May we see the blessings in our differences, and may we use creativity, willingness, and joy in sharing our gifts. May this allow us to see you and your greatest gift anew. We praise you, Lord. Heal us each day, Lord, again and again, in body, mind, and spirit. Heal us and comfort us so that we can do the same for others. Make us whole in your healing grace. Heal us, O God. Bring guidance to us, God, and to those who lead us. May we become vessels for blessing as we lead and are led by others. Remind us that we are a continuing and evolving creation, your masterpiece yet unfinished, as is our fellow man. Be our shepherd, potter, and rabbi as we strive to be more like you each day. Guide us, God. Give peace to our hearts and to our hurting world. Grant the peace that only you can give. Make us peacemakers, mediators, comforters, friends. May we trust in you for solace and contentment, seeking peace for our hearts as we strive to make peace and forgive others. Grant us peace, O Lord. Grow us, Lord, as you bestow wisdom, blessings, healing, and love. May we always seek your face as quickly as we extend a hand to help others. We thank you, Lord, for your creation around and in us. And we thank you for those who serve in your creation in outdoor ministry and who come to share their experience with us. Know our hearts, Lord, and hear our prayers. Amen. Amen.